0: The official podcast of the Chillicothe Paints. This is Horsin' Around. The latest inside information from the Paints and the Prospect League. Now, here's the voice of Paints Baseball, Jacob Wise.
1: And welcome into the first ever edition of Horsin' Around, a Chillicothe Paints Baseball podcast We are very excited to bring this to you this year, a new feature from the Chillicothe Paints. We thought we'd jump into the uh, latest trend in uh, audio media, I suppose, where everybody seems like they're starting a podcast. So we figured we'd jump in and hopefully bring you some uh, interesting information, some interesting interviews and some uh, kind of behind the scenes uh, backstage access, if you will, into the Chillicothe Paints Obviously, our first episode here a couple of weeks before the season starts here in 2021, and we are so excited to have a season this year. I believe on opening day, it'll be around 650 days, maybe closer to 660 since the last Chillicothe Paints baseball game. And uh, obviously, it was a big one as the Paints got a big grand slam over in Cape Girardeau in Game 3 of the Prospect League Championship Series from Trey Smith, who we will be seeing again in a Paints uniform this summer. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. And, uh, you know, the Paints came home to Chillicothe with their second Prospect League championship. So the first one since back in 2010, and uh, they get the one in 2019, and then we didn't have a season in 2020, which obviously was uh, pretty tough. I think most of us adjusted and had some other things maybe that we had to worry about, and uh, I think we're all excited, though, to get Paints baseball rolling again here in 2021 and hopefully maybe putting together a pretty good title defense of that uh, 2019 prospect league championship so we can't wait to get going opening night is may 27th and that'll be against the lafayette aviators at va memorial stadium as is tradition opening night postgame fireworks and it's a thursday so that means dollar draft beers at the ballpark as well, so we hope to see you out at the ballpark. You can buy tickets at ChillicothePaints.com. You can also stop into our store downtown at 11 East Second Street, and uh, also I believe you can just get those right at the game uh, on game day. Our ticket office opens an hour before first pitch, right there at VA Memorial Stadium. So May 27th against Lafayette, 7:05 start, and uh, should be a really fun night and and maybe a little bit of a therapeutic night at the ballpark as we get baseball finally back in chillicothe our full schedule can be found over on our website at ChillicothePaints.com, and uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more later but the paints mobile app has the schedule as well we're gonna do a a big overhaul of that one hopefully it'll get done before the uh, season starts here in a couple of weeks Later on in the show, we're going to chat with the man who helped lead the paints to the 2019 prospect league title, Brian Bigham, who in the off season announced that uh, he will no longer be the manager has stepped down to help manage his son Glavin's uh, summer baseball teams. And I'm sure that that will be an absolute blast for him and for Glavin and his teammates as uh, they try to maybe capture some rings of their own throughout this summer and maybe the next couple of summers as well. Also, we're going to talk about some prospect league uh, rule changes, some shifting in the landscape of the teams that are involved in the prospect league here in 2021, four new teams plus two other new markets besides those four new teams and a pretty big shift in the terms of how the league is aligned and how the playoffs are and All of that stuff, we'll get into it here a little bit later. But first, we have some paints news to bring to you. Our promo schedule has been uh, released looking somewhat similar to the way it, it usually does. Uh, you have the typical t-shirt giveaway and, you know, the magnetic schedules will be given away on the second night of the season. Some of those traditional things in there as well. But one of the big ones coming up later in the year, July 23rd, big, big thank you to North Fork Animal Clinic. They are sponsoring our replica championship ring giveaway to the first 500 fans to the game on july 23rd so you don't want to miss that should be a pretty cool thing and i think some people are going to be lining up early to get those replica championship rings we kind of got a sneak peek of uh, what they look like at least on paper and i think that's something that a lot of fans if you're a diehard paints fan which i'd imagine you probably are if you're listening to this it'll be something that'll be pretty cool to add to your collection Plenty of other cool giveaways, eight thirsty Thursdays this year, so dollar draft beer on a bunch of those. We have a Veterans Night on July 9th, and that's always a, a really cool night out at the ballpark as well. Sundays, thanks to Subway, as usual. Kids 12 and under get into the ballpark for free. Diamond Dog Night's a big one on July 13th. You don't want to miss that uh, as we uh, bring a, a popular promotion from Columbus down to Chillicothe for one night. And uh, plenty of other fun nights going on throughout the season, as you've uh, come to expect over the last 28-ish years from the Chillicothe Paints. So we look forward to seeing you out at the ballpark, and, and we just can't wait to finally get this season underway. Looking at some player news, we do have two players coming back to the Paints from that championship team in 2019. This is pitcher Zach Kendall out of Rio Grande and outfielder Trey Smith from the University of Indianapolis. Big, big additions coming back that we couldn't be more excited about. Zach Kendall, of course, was one of the ERA leaders, one of the best starters in the prospect league in 2019. He actually got the win for the East division team in the prospect league all-star game over in normal a couple of summers ago, but what a regular season he had was four 0 had a 2.53 earned run average started 10 games, struck out 55 batters and 53 in a third innings and just walked 20. So, Hopefully we'll have some more of that uh, phenomenal production out of Zach, who had another good year finishing up his college career at at, uh, Rio Grande. And we expect uh, that Zach will be back on his uh, normal game when he suits back up in a a Paints jersey for this summer. And who knows, he may even be your opening night starter. We'll have to chat with uh, John Penn, uh, the new manager of the Paints, when we get him on the podcast next week. Trey Smith, we mentioned him, uh, maybe most notably the Grand Slam that he hit in the Prospect League Championship game in Game 3 in Cape Girardeau in front of you know dozens and dozens of his friends and family. He's from Sykeston, Missouri, about 30 minutes away from Cape Girardeau. It was really cool that he was the one that got to do it. It's actually his second Grand Slam of the season. Had a great season uh, in the outfield for the Paints. Played in 52 games during the regular season. He played in all four playoff games. Hit 294, three triples, four home runs, drove in 44, walked 28 times, stole six bags, collected 60 hits on the season in his 52 games. Actually, 63 if you count him going uh, with three hits in the playoff games that he played in as well. So really excited for Trey Smith and really this entire roster. A lot of D1 guys that won't be in until... Maybe the the first or second week of June, depending on how far they go in their college season. But uh, once this team all makes its way to Chillicothe, should be a, a pretty entertaining team to watch for sure. Also, I want to remind you that you can always find the latest news and information on the paint schedules, promotions. You can buy tickets. You can buy merchandise. See who's on the roster. Check out stats. Check out standings. All of those things over on our website at Chillicothe Paints. Dot .com. On to some Prospect League news and a lot of news since last we saw Prospect League baseball back in 2019. We have four new teams and we have two other teams that have changed markets. So the four new teams, the Johnstown Millrats over in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, who will be playing in the same division as the Paints here this summer. Also the Alton River Dragons in Alton, Illinois, the Burlington Bees in Iowa, and the Clinton Lumber Kings over in Iowa. Obviously, the Bees and the Lumber Kings, former minor league baseball teams out of the Midwest League. You may be familiar with the Dayton Dragons. They played in the same league, and then all of that minor league baseball contraction stuff knocked a few teams out, unfortunately for them, but their losses are gain as the Prospect League is able to pick up those two teams in, in huge additions to the prospect league coming into this season really excited to see those teams start their prospect league uh, eras if you will two new markets i mentioned uh, the dupage pistol shrimp they played on a college campus uh, up in the chicago suburbs in lyle and just due to COVID 19 and things that wasn't going to work out this year so they have moved about 90 miles south to peru illinois and are now known as the illinois valley pistol shrimp And the Hannibal Hoots, unfortunately, great old ballpark that they played at in Hannibal Clemens Field right off the Mississippi River. They ended up having to be a traveling team and playing most of their games in Quincy in 2019 because of the bad floods from the Mississippi River, basically destroyed their ballpark for what it needs to be in order to have a prospect league team there. So they have moved to O'Fallon, Missouri into a gorgeous ballpark, Car Shield Field, And uh, they are now the O'Fallon Hoots, and it's a big upgrade for the Prospect League in terms of market and venue and for the Hoots. So really excited to see what they can do finally getting to play their first season. They did that after the 2019 season, but obviously we didn't have a 2020 year, uh, 2020 season. So Hannibal, uh, now O'Fallon, the O'Fallon Hoots, they finally get to play a Prospect League season over at Car Shield Field in O'Fallon. Another uh, a change for the Prospect League is a little bit of realignment because with all these new teams and new markets, you have to change up how the divisions and the alignments work for the first time ever. We now have two conferences and each of those conferences have two divisions. So the East and the West conferences and within the East you have the Ohio River Valley, which is Johnstown, West Virginia, Chillicothe and Champion City. So expect to see a lot of. Paints versus Champion City, Paints versus West Virginia, and Paints versus Johnstown uh, this summer. Also in the East Conference in the Wabash River Division, it's the Danville Dans, Illinois Valley Pistol Shrimp, the Rex, and the Lafayette Aviators. And then out in the West in the Great River Division, the Clinton Lumber Kings, Burlington Bees, Quincy Jims, and Normal Cornbelters. And the other division in the West, it's the Prairie Land. And that is made up of the Cape Catfish, the Springfield Sliders, the O'Fallon Hoots, and the Alton River Dragons. So with having those four different divisions split up into two conferences, it really helps out on travel. You play mostly within your division, the other three teams. You'll play a little bit out of your division where it makes sense geographically. But you really don't see a lot of East Conference versus West Conference except right along where that dividing line is on the map so that'll be interesting to follow and that combined with returning back to first half and second half winners in each division where the leading team in each division after the first half of the season is over is locked into a playoff spot and then they play the winner of the second half of the season you reset the records halfway through and uh, that gives teams a chance if they had a, a bad start to the season for whatever reason to Still get get a chance to make their way into the playoffs, and uh, that's a pretty cool deal. But that also kind of throws another wrinkle at the new playoff structure. So, with having now four divisions, it adds a round to the playoffs. You now have a one-game division championship game, where say it's a in the Paints division, for example, in the Ohio River Valley. If the Paints win the first half and Johnstown wins the second half. Those two teams will play each other in one game to determine the Ohio River Valley division champion. And then the winner you know, of each division on each half, so the two East winners and the two West winners, they'll play each other in a one-game playoff uh, to determine the East champion and the West champion. And then you go back into the traditional best-of-three Prospect League Championship series to get your Prospect League champion. So going to be a little bit harder to get into the Prospect League Championship game. You have to win two Uh, one-and-dones, but if you get through those two games, you got to win two out of three to take home the trophy at the end of the season. So some big changes in terms of footprint and how many teams and what teams are in the league this year. Changes the uh, way the playoff structure goes, but I think it still makes uh, a lot of sense and should be pretty easy to follow along with. Also, a few new rules in the prospect league this year. It was supposed to be instituted in the 2020 season. Obviously didn't happen. Carries over here to 2021. The prospect league has instituted a 10 run rule for the first time ever. If one team is up after seven innings of play, or if the home team's up by 10 or more after six and a half innings game over, it's a, it's partially to help with the pitching situation. We saw a lot of times because the league instituted a pitch limit in 2018 and 2019 that if there was a blowout game halfway through the game or early especially instead of burning your pitchers and burning their pitch limit because your rest between outings is based on how many pitches you throw in a game you're not going to burn that guy because you got to play the next night or maybe you have to play the next five nights so what they would do is throw in a position player and then the game just gets even more and more out of hand and at that point there's just what are we doing there's no point to To continue on in that so it helps save pitching it helps kind of keep the integrity of the game intact and uh, you know it's just I think a good thing all the way around some other leagues have done this in the past and there's been some some work done to study and how many of those games over the course of a year end up where the team down by 10 or more comes back to win in the last three innings of the game and it's a very 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 small number it's not going to change the outcome of uh, who's going to get into the playoffs or not. So I think a, a pretty good rule to put in there. Also, that 85 pitch limit that we saw a lot in 2019 is now 95. So a pitcher cannot start a new batter once he has hit 95 pitches. He can finish the batter, though. So if you're sitting on 94, new batter comes to the plate, you can pitch to that next batter, but then you have to come out of the game. And there are some pretty severe penalties For teams and managers if those uh, that pitch limit and the other pitch rules as far as rest go are not followed also one that I like as a broadcaster lineups have to be posted by each team at least one hour before the scheduled first pitch just makes me happy because uh, one or two times over the years you can probably guess which team put me in the situation Uh, One or two times over the years we've gone on the air for a, a Paints baseball broadcast without a lineup from one of the teams. So that should be done. Maybe get a few changes late, but at least we'll have the uh, majority of lineups nice and early and we'll be able to get those in our, our scorebooks and into the scoring system and bring those to you when we need to. Speaking of uh, Paints broadcasts, we want to remind you, to listen to Paints Baseball all season long, home and away on 100.9 WXIZ. And if you're outside of their listening range, you can pick us up at ChillicothePaints.com and on the free Paints mobile app available for iPhone and Android. So uh, we're going to overhaul that app. It's it's looked the same for the last couple of years, and actually the uh, host platform of that app has decided to move on to a new system. So it currently works as it is, but hopefully we'll have a a whole new look and feel and uh, really a better functioning app for you by the time we get to the start of this season. Obviously, a lot of information to throw at you here over the last uh, 15 minutes or so, but there's a lot of things that have changed and been adjusted since the last time we saw the Paints play baseball and saw baseball in the prospect leagues. We want to make sure you were up to speed on all of that information, and uh, with that, we'll Head over to our interview for this episode of Horse and Around, and it is now former manager Brian Bigham, who is was the manager of the Paints from 2016 to 2019. Had two really successful years the last couple of seasons, and of course, you know, helping the Paints win the 2019 Prospect League Championship. We got to chat about what he's up to now that he's no longer managing the Paints, also about his uh, time. While he was the skipper and an assistant coach for Chillicothe and his time uh, coaching where he currently coaches at Circleville High School as well. Hope you enjoyed the chat. I know I enjoyed catching up with Brian. Brian, I think you are at a uh, track meet. Is that right?
0: Uh, actually, I'm at my, my youngest is soccer. Here, okay. so I'm a soccer dad today, I guess.
1: <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, we can hear some uh, kids playing in the background. So. Just wanted to explain that to those who are listening. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. I know you have what, multiple kids playing multiple sports in multiple locations right now, right?
0: Yeah, and, uh, Glavin's in, and in Indy and uh, uh, with my wife and Maddox, uh, she just finished up uh, her track season. Her uh, her Circleville Middle School won the Mid-State League in track and Campbell's busy and uh softball and soccer and had softball pictures this morning and you know trying to help be a, a dad for <laughs> for the little bit of time that i am
1: i don't know if any, if everybody caught that glavin kimbrell and maddox obviously you're a big atlanta braves fan which is something we've joked about over the the last several years uh me as an indians fan and then we've also had some of those real crazy people who are reds fans around as well right
0: yeah well we we try not to we try not to talk to too many Reds fans, uh, <laughs> but I, I can handle your tribe fandom. But uh, yeah, no Braves fan, just that's what when you're back in the day, people understand they were on TBS every single night. That's just who I grew up watching.
1: Hey, at least you're not a Yankees fan like your dad.
0: <laughs> I better be careful what I say
1: on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we like him too. We might chat with him at some point down the road. Uh, you know, you're, you you uh, also coach. Varsity baseball at Circleville High School, I don't know if a lot of Paints fans uh, that haven't listened carefully to radio broadcasts over year over the years, if they know that you coach varsity baseball. Obviously, you know, your season hasn't gone the way I know that you would like it to go this year, but you're just a couple of years removed from going to a state Final Four. What is it that you like about coaching at the high school level?
0: Uh, I mean, high school, I mean, the the, the best thing about, you know, teaching and coaching in general is, is just trying to, to grow the young men to be better people. Um, and then I mean, coaching baseball is, is another way of of doing that. I think you can teach differently through sport, um, but, but having the ability to help them grow uh, in the young men, be good people. Um, and then at the same time, you know, trying to impact and make them better baseball players. I mean, those are the perks of being around kids at that age. And, and that's why, most people coach and teach you'd like to think is just the ability to have a positive impact on on a kid at that age. Like I said, make them better people and then, you know, make them better baseball players.
1: You know, obviously, you know, 2020 comes along, you don't have a baseball season and now you basically this year have two freshman classes and maybe even your juniors are playing varsity baseball for the first time ever A lot of challenges going into this season, not only with that, but also with with scheduling and making sure that everybody's staying safe as well, right?
0: Right. Well, I mean, it's, you know, someone said it best Saturday. I don't know if it was Coach Barr or not, but, uh, I mean, essentially your, your freshmen are like eighth graders and your, uh, sophomores are like freshmen and, and, and all the way through the ranks. But, uh, I mean, the other thing that that really hurt us was, um, I had 12 to 15 guys, uh, play legion ball uh you know and then when the legion uh team decided that they were going to have a season and, you know a lot of my guys here you're looking at they they haven't played baseball other than you know workouts starting labor day and whatnot but they haven't played baseball for quite uh quite some time so i mean that's that, that's made made coaching this year much more challenging with the time off that a lot of them had uh funny fact though that what's crazy is we just had for the first time in my, my career, in my two stints, we played all 27 uh, regular season games, and I got in all four scrimmages. Uh, that's never happened, but uh, at least the weather's, other than a little bit of cold here and there, has uh, helped us out and hasn't treated us too bad. Yeah,
1: certainly. You, that'll, that'll kind of pay off for you down the road here, maybe the next couple of years as well. You know, transitioning to uh, your time with the Paints, obviously, this is a, a, a Paints podcast. There's many different challenges coaching a college summer baseball team compared to coaching high school varsity baseball in your approach. Can, can you maybe just speak to a couple of those differences and how you have to do things a little differently?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, uh, the big difference. I mean, when you're coaching college players, um, you know, a, a lot of the fundamentals and uh, things that you have to focus on at the, at the high school level. Um, I mean, you still have to focus on that with the paints, but not at, not at the aspect of, of what you do at the high school level at the high school level, you know, I'm, I want this to sound a certain way, but so many of the kids you get at the high school level have, have developed so many bad habits, uh, over the course of their, their, their baseball careers that you spend so much time trying to, to, to correct all the bad habits they've formed, uh, with the paints. Um you know i I've obviously a great deal of my times with the pitchers you know I, I consider myself a a tool, and I tell those guys a tool for the pitchers you know I'm not there to to tell them anything that their college coaches have taught them is wrong or anything like that, but I'm a tool there for them to use um in terms of of helping them become better players um i mean the other thing about the paints i mean you're it's you're not really a coach, you're a manager, and a lot of the paints is is managing personalities um getting the guys to get along getting the guys to uh to buy in getting the guys to to like each other and you know that's you pick your time or two to maybe get on them but it's 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 completely different um and as far as in game and there's a, there's a lot more strategy at hands in game I mean in high school you got x number of pitchers um that you can use and you know x number of players whereas with the paints yeah you got a bullpen full of guys at your disposal uh you got to figure out you know who's right in different situations um you know who's who's best suited to to be a setup guy who's best suited to be a closer and um there's there's a lot more there's a lot more to it at that level in terms of managing
1: no speaking of managing the paints uh, I think four seasons would have been five if we had the twenty twenty season but Obviously, on the staff for a long time. Can you pick out, you know, maybe what your favorite aspect of being the manager of the Paints
0: was? Gosh, that's that's a tough one. Honestly, I I guess the easy answer to that, and I don't know if that's if this is where you want with this question, but uh, my favorite thing about the Paints is all the friendships that I've built. I mean, you know, some of my best friends now are, are because of the Paints, and you know, Brian Wickline and Sype and. Brian Manino. I mean, I, I spend as much time talking to those guys as, as I do anyone, and just the, the friendship aspect of that has is, is probably been my favorite thing uh, of being around the paints. If
1: we go back to the beginning of the 2019 season, and gosh, it seems like forever ago, and, and by the time that we start in the 2021 season, I think it'll be 654 days or something like that between games, Jeez. but... You know, I think it was a pretty memorable season in 2019, but that two and seven start, a lot of close games. I know you want to win as much as anybody. Uh, We talk about that a lot. And what's going through your head nine games into the season and you're two and seven?
0: Well, you know, in all honesty, I think the nice thing about being, you know, I I think I wouldn't have known until you put it in there, but being around for 13 years is especially with with the college ranks, is you, you understand, yes, you want to get off to a good start because you, you want the guys to believe and realize they have a good thing. But when you've been around it for, for all the years, you also understand that early on you don't have guys that are in there. Uh, you've got guys that are playing on temp contracts. Um, you got guys that are getting... Used to living with a host family, you got guys that are getting used to, to travel schedule and and all those things. And there, there's a lot of moving parts early in the season. And I, I think you know the nice thing, at least for me, to understanding is that you know the the beginning of the season isn't going to make or break you. Um, you know that your team's going to all going to get there. You know, I get. I mean, the beginning of this season, you know, you're going to have guys that are playing in tournaments. and, d1 guys and all that but uh i I just think it was understanding and being around it long enough that not to panic and and things would work themselves out uh, as you went along
1: and i think i I, looking back to of those seven losses i want to say you know five of them were by two runs or less so you as a pitching guy you probably had to feel pretty good at least from a pitching standpoint right and that the runs would come
0: yeah absolutely i mean you want your constants to to your constant need to be your defense and your pitching because all of us that have been around baseball know that that, that your hittings the roller coaster aspect and it's going to come and go and if you can pitch it consistently and, and play defense consistently that that you're going to find yourself in, in the tight games, but you're also going to find yourself winning a lot of games if you can do those two things
1: and those runs did come uh, the pitching continued to be good the defense continued to be good I think right after that two and seven start was a 10 game win streak. It, it started a stretch that the Paints finished the season after that two and seven start, I think 41 and 14, uh, after that two and seven start, including a, obviously a prospect league championship. Was there a light bulb moment or was it just guys, you know, won a couple of games and got hot and felt really good about
0: themselves? Um, like you say, you, I'll tell you the one thing trying to think back, it's been 600 and something days. Um, <laughs> You know, I'm I'm, I'm sure I in there. I, I I just think I think it's probably a lot of different factors. I'm I'm sure my my hitting tool was in there at some point uh, <laughs> that I use yearly. But I think it's the guys getting to know each other. It's the guys getting to know me and Sipe and Chad um, getting to be comfortable in their host families. Getting to be comfortable and chill coffee. um, being around our great fans and, and I, I think it's just a lot of different factors. But yeah, once once they get comfortable and, and you start winning, uh, good things tend to happen and, and I think that once they realize, you know, the the players that we had, the the pitching, the hitters we had and, and uh, you know, when you start to see that it, it's also easier to flush and realize if you do lose a game or two or you go through a little bit of stretch, you, you know what you have in, in front of you and as guys like I said, the managing aspect of the paints; those guys, um, you know, managing the personalities—they—they—they they, they don't panic, and, and they know we're going to have fun and, and win games. And I think just the combination of all those things allowed it for it to, you know, kind of turn out how it did.
1: Yeah, you mentioned having fun, and you mentioned your hitting tool. We won't go uh, too far into detail on on some of those hitting tools that you've brought out over the years, but just being able <laughs> just being able to relate to those guys and, and let them relax and have some fun after playing, you know, 50 plus games in college where you know, the pressure's on and you're being ridden by your coach. It's important to have fun in the summer, right? Well, why are we doing this if we're not having fun, right?
0: Absolutely. I'm sure if, if any of my Circleville players um, are listening to this and hear me talk about that, you know, it's, it's 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 like I said. There's there's a lot of differences um, between the high school and the college and the things you can do. But yeah, you 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 got to have fun, and and that's the the other managing aspect is I also have to be able to pick my times where, you know, the guys need a kick in the butt and need to realize that you know a few things aren't acceptable and and you know what is and isn't and and uh, once you do that, that I mean that allows you to have fun as a manager. It allows you to have fun. Uh, letting them go out and play, and and uh, it is it's it's you are. I think you hit the nail on the head talking about the pressure thing. Sometimes you know in the in the high school and college uh, they feel a little more pressure, and I think it's nice that you know in the summer ball that they can play a little more relaxed and and have that fun. Um, you know, playing with the paints, and, and you playing with me.
1: You know, being able to finish it off too. You get into the playoffs. With a 40 and 20 regular season record. You beat Danville, I think, in a close game at Danville in the East Division title game, lose game one at home to the Cape Catfish, but we travel all the way to Cape, get a really good pitching performance, and win pretty smoothly, I think, in game two. And then, you know, game three comes along. You couldn't ask for a better story with with Trey Smith hitting the Grand Slam and you know his family tons of his family and friends there. He was, I think, 30 miles away from his hometown in Sykeston. But I think when that when that ball left the yard, it was like the wind went out of the sails on the other side of the field, and you felt like you were going to hang on to it for the rest of the night. R- were you guys able to take a deep breath? I think knowing you, you probably still had all your veins popping out all over through your neck and your forehead.
0: You're right. I actually, and honestly, when, when Trey hit that, I did because you also knew you had, you had Nate um, well-rested, and you had Nate that you could go out there. And, and let him go to work so uh, yeah you did feel good about it um you obviously wanted to win at home um but we've talked you know me and you and and sipe and you know throughout all the years the other thing that i liked about that scenario was that cape had to drive to chillicothe and, and then they had to drive all the way back to to cape in that scenario so they were on a bus twice as long as us um which Not not many people look at it like that, like me and you and Sipe and others, but we just had to go there. So uh, I felt good uh, about still going there, even though we had to play two games there. You knew if you won game one, then I did. I did feel good. I mean, you had Calipetro on the bump, uh, you had Nate behind him, and uh, uh, things worked out well for us. And it, it was it was exciting exciting moment. I mean, especially. You know, being around the paints for for 13 years and being able to to deliver a championship, uh, you know, back to our our wonderful fans and ownership and all that, it was it's a dream scenario for me.
1: What do you cherish most about that that whole experience, winning the title? We won't talk about what happened immediately after the game that that didn't need to, but you win the championship. I know that what you understand what the paints mean to the people in Chillicothe and the surrounding area. I know what it means to you you know, being someone who's been around the paints for a long time, is it still just the relationships and, and also being able to bring that championship back to Chillicothe?
0: Yeah, it really is. Cause I mean, I was with Sipi The I think he did it for five years. Yeah. Um, we were, we were close. So, so many times, uh, had so many good teams, teams that you thought, you know, I'll never forget, you know, we're talking, but that's, that's what I guess I revert back to. I mean that that year we had Quincy, um, and we had we, you know we had Keegan Aiken on the bump. I believe in Game Three, um, you know I I thought it was a no brainer that we were going to win that, and you, you just never know. That's what's the game of baseball. I mean Major League, high school, whatever. You got rosters on paper, and you think these this team's going to do this and this team's going to do that but that's what's so great about the game of baseball is you truly never know and, and to be close so many times with side on either side of it being his pitching coach or being his assistant or him being my assistant and not being able to deliver and to to, to finally do it uh was just it was just surreal i mean i know people say that and that might seem cliche but it was i mean that and um Bringing it back, we do have the best fans. Uh, you know that. I know that. Anyone that travels around and goes to any of these other ballparks understand that that it's there's no comparison uh, between you know the fans of Chillicothe and the great people, the ownership, all those things. Um, yeah, you that know, was it, it. Was great. And then yes, I mean, regardless of whatever happens, the relationships built, um, the friendships built. Uh, relationships built with the players, the relationship built with you, uh, you know, way back with Doc Hanners, uh, you know, with Brian and Brian, Brian in sight, but that's there's <laughs> nothing that beats that.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, you win the season obviously on a big high, you win the championship, get into the off season. The roster looks like it's going to be really good for 2020. We all know what happens. COVID 19 moves in. We try to move the season back. We end up not being able to play initially. How much it, Kind of a a punch in the gut is that to you, or is it just because of the unknown? Because you've done it—that's what you did in the summer for so long.
0: It was it was tough at first, um, you know, not being able to do it. Because you're right—I mean, that all those summers. But in the grand scheme of things, and and you no, know, I'm no—I I am not i i will not know this season. I know it'll be it'll be tough listening to you on the air, and it'll be tough when I go to games and not being able to be in the dugout. Um, but in the grand scheme of thing, maybe you could say it was a blessing. You know, I was able to spend more time with my family. Um, I was able to 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 coach baseball uh, my son's my son's team and and get a completely different uh, aspect of the game of baseball. Coaching eleven years, it was, uh, it, it was not. It was in a way Jacob was crazy as sounds. It was it was somewhat of a of a relief or a fresh a breath of breath air where I able to relax and be more of a, a dad and be more of a husband sure. and and uh there's you know you're talking about levels we talked about high school and we talked about college but just the purity of coaching 11 year olds and you know I talked about bad habits that have been formed um you know it with, with some high school guys and stuff like that you kind of you get your hands on those kids at a young age and get to coach them up and teach them how to play the game the right way. That, that that was a fun thing for me, even though it was, you know, sad not having a coach uh, or not having a paint season for the fans and, and and the players themselves. I mean, those kids missed out on college ball and then they missed out on summer ball. and I know that stunk for them, uh, but I guess that would be the selfish side of things was, was getting to spend time with the family and, and all that
1: yeah i I don't think it's crazy at all, and I didn't expect any different of an answer from you. I know how much you love your family and how much you love your kids and and being able to spend that time with them is something that you can't replace. I have to imagine that you really, really enjoyed that summer. You have a young family, you know your wife Nicole, and your your kids are very, very supportive of you you know all the years you're with the paints and I remember sitting on the buses or in the hotel room after every single game for the four years that we were together. And it was usually a quick phone call before we fired up South park on the movie on the bus or something, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's, it's cool to see that relationship. And, and for you, I know I, I was happy. Obviously I wanted to have a paint season, but I was happy to see that you'd be able to spend that time with your family and your kids. And I can't imagine that uh, Glavin and his teammates uh, could have had a better addition to their coaching staff.
0: Uh, I, I appreciate that. And, and I think that's the one thing I- it's lost in a lot, and, and maybe I didn't. I do a good job. You I know you did a nice press release when I did that. And I, I guess the only thing looking back on it is, I mean, you know, the, the other person that ever. I, I don't. I I can't talk about enough, or I, I should talk about more. Is I mean, to have a wife that 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 in Nicole that lets you essentially for, you know, ten for for a decade. Go and go on the road for sixty games, and essentially, you know, your paints family is your family at that time. But to, to have a wife that's as that supportive and let you chase a dream to, and it was, you know, I, I, managing the paints is a dream job. But to let you chase your dream and, and and spend that amount of time, and you know, I mean, uh, ten ten years, those uh, my family's on vacation, you know, without without their husband, without their dad, and. Uh, it takes a special woman to, to let you chase your dreams and, and do that. And, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that she let me do it.
1: You know, I, I, when I fire up Facebook this summer a few times, I'm sure it'll come from your wife. It won't come from you, but I expect to see some uh, big rings on fingers from some tournaments this summer.
0: It's the new world. They've already went to Atlanta and they've been to Indy twice. And I, I think it, it makes, I know it makes Glavin and a lot of those boys realize, of course, you know, they want to be playing in college like these paints kids and stuff like that. But when you see kids from Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee and Michigan, and you see the level of competitions that's out there, it's, it's high open. So they know they've got their hands full. If they do want to pull one of those, uh, pull a ring out here or there.
1: Yeah. I want you to take your time and enjoy, you know, this next several years, uh, with your family and, and coaching those uh, younger kids and all that, all that, that entails. But, you know, five, six years down the road, if, if, the stars align and the job opens. Are you interested in maybe running it back?
0: No, I think that's something Brian and I talked about. I think that's something that, that has made it easier on me being able to step away. Cause, cause nothing's guaranteed, but you know, something Brian and I talked about that if, you know, like you said, two, three, four, five years down the road that, um, we feel good with where we're at as a, as a family and, and you know, with the kids and, nicole and i that's true that's that's something that, that could be a possibility i just hope that i don't i don't have a stroke or a heart attack before then and i'm able to make it that long
1: well we we would certainly <laughs> <laughs> hope that that's the case as well I, I mean, we know you've gotten your blood pressure up a few times over the years uh with the the odd ejection here and there
0: yeah that, that, that happens uh, sometimes i guess that's one more nice thing about the pain sometimes you can you know, I don't ever try to act too crazy, but you can voice yourself a, a little more freely without the consequences as, as you would in high school baseball.
1: Sure, absolutely. Well, Brian, I know you're busy. I'd like to let you get back to your uh, your daughter's soccer game here. We appreciate your time. It's always a pleasure to work with you. Uh look forward to staying in touch with you and maybe seeing you out at the ballpark this summer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'll go up there in the booth and maybe yell with you for an hour too.
1: <laughs> we'll take it. Brian, thanks so much.
0: All right. Hey, I appreciate you. Thanks, Jacob.
1: Once again, we want to thank Brian Bigham for being our first guest and taking some time uh, out of, obviously, his busy schedule and uh, chatting with us here on and Around, a Jillicothe Paints baseball podcast. I also want to tell you about something that uh, we hope to do and add to this show over the coming weeks, and that is a mailbag segment. I want to answer your questions. If you have any questions at all, about the Chillicothe Paints, about the Prospect League, about uh, you know summer baseball or whatever, anything that relates to the show, send me an email, Jacob at ChillicothePaints dot It's J A C O B at Paints dot com. Shoot me your email. I'll go through them, and uh, if I absolutely have time to do it, I will read it and answer it on future episodes here of the podcast. Also want to invite you to join us next week for episode two of Horsin' Around when we chat with the new skipper of the Chillicothe Paints, manager John Penn, a Chillicothe native who has kind of moved away and is coming back home to manage the Paints starting here in 2021 as we look forward to the start of the season on May 27th. So you don't want to miss that next week. That'll do it for our first episode of Horsin' Around. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed uh, sitting down and talking about Paints Baseball for a little while. For the first time in a little while, we'll talk to you next week.